Welcome into another News for Jags podcast. I'm Jamal St. Cyr alongside Justin Barney. And, well, the Jaguars season is over, but the NFL playoffs are rolling on. A couple of the Jaguars coaching candidates uh, already sent home. Uh, Shad Khan had already interviewed Kellen Moore, the Cowboys offensive coordinator, and was hoping to interview Dan Quinn, who said he wouldn't interview until the Cowboys season is over. And, well, now he it's is over. available. It's over. Yeah, exactly. he and Kellen Moore both uh, <laughs> both having a home for January. So, disappointing loss for the Cowboys. But, hey, good for the Jaguars, right? Yeah, it, it is good for the Jaguars in a sense that Shad Khan now will get that chance to interview Dan Quinn if he wants. There are a lot of reports out there that Quinn will likely land a head coaching job this offseason. Probably not here in Jacksonville. Probably not. Hopefully not here in Jacksonville. You know what? I the one thing that I I don't care, I am very versatile when it comes to these coaching candidates. I don't want another cover three. I'm so tired of that Seattle system. We saw that before, <laughs> and it was uh, Todd Wash, Gus Bradley. We know how that defense and that pairing went over here in Jacksonville. Uh, Gus, uh, one of the worst coaches statistically in, in Jaguars history. I think 14 and 48 was his record. Uh, Todd Wash was uh, booed out of town basically by the fans here. So hey, a little bit of variation from that Seahawks defensive uh, scheme if we if we can. Uh, definitely if we can. The it, we kind of touched on Kellen Moore. He was a part of probably the the biggest moment of Wild Card Weekend. The end of that Cowboys game where Dak Prescott runs a quarterback draw up the middle isn't able to spike the ball and stop the clock so the game ends Cowboys lose everyone's furious and you know whether it's the refs the play call uh, the play call definitely had a part to do with it but you know I kind of pointed the finger at coaching saying you know as a coach, if you're going to call that sort of play, you got to remind your guy remind, you get yeah. up and run that ball back to the remind, referee. That's, that's why, I mean, you look at the Jaguars, you go back to the end of that Jaguars-Dolphins game when they ended that losing streak and how well aware the players were of the time, what needed to happen. And, again, you, you equate that to coaching, and I don't think that's on Urban Meyer, but I think there's a knowledge of what has to happen in that final sequence when you're down in that time crunch. And Trevor Lawrence uh, and LaVisca Chenault knew exactly what to do in that situation. Get down, let get touched, get the ball back as quick as possible, and uh, you get your timeout called and kick the field goal. So um, Dallas, not not abreast of those. The referee has to reset the ball and, and touch the ball before it goes back down. Yeah, so not exactly a, a big vote of confidence for the guy that I kind of been uh, championing to be the Jaguars next head coach that that's definitely a, a not a positive asterisk for him uh, so it, it very likely I don't think Kellen Moore is going to be uh, getting himself a head coaching job after a performance like that overall the Cowboys offense not impressive in that game uh, so he didn't coach his best game period um, but I mean I could be wrong who knows uh, it, it, of course if it goes with Shad Khan's coaching he'll hire Kellen Moore right well, off the bat should have hired him right after that game <laughs> Um, so right now we only know of one candidate that has a second interview coming, Matt Eberflus, and I don't think he's gotten a whole lot of attention from the world at large because, well, he was kind of one of the background candidates. People thought he was just kind of getting, you know, filling out the list. But Colts defensive coordinator Matt Eberflus, the first candidate to to secure that second interview with Shad Khan. Now keep in mind the guys like Byron Leftwich, Todd Bowles, Nathaniel Hackett that are still in the playoffs can't do that second interview or in-person interview yet yeah. because they're still kind of eh, busy. So a little bit, you know, it's probably headlines and people, people, fans will see that headline and say, oh, he's getting a second interview. Well, it's because that 
he's one of the guys who can get that second interview right now. He's not uh, doesn't say anything about Byron Leftwich or Todd Bowles or Nathaniel Hackett. It's just that Matt Eberflus' season was done in by the Jaguars in Week 18, so he is accessible. He's available right now. Um, we haven't heard anything about Doug Peterson, Jim Caldwell getting those second inter- interview opportunities. We know Bill O'Brien's probably out of the mix now. Probably good news for Jaguars fans, um, but no, don't read too much into the Eberflus news, Jags fans, because. It's just not not playing with a full or fair deck right now because everybody is still in the playoffs. Hey, availability is the best ability. Yes, yes that's you true. Know? But the one thing that I, I I thought, like you mentioned Peterson and Caldwell. Peterson and Caldwell both had in-person interviews with Shad. So I think their interviews were probably a little bit more in-depth than some of those Zoom interviews that he was having with these other candidates. So they probably will get a second interview just because he's doing second-round interviews. But... I think after they already had their in-person interview where they met with Shad Khan somewhere, it might not be as pressing of a need to urgently schedule that second interview, you know? Because it's a little bit different. We all use Zoom now, but having a sit-down interview yes. with somebody is a little bit different experience than when you do it over Zoom. Yeah, absolutely. And, again, you know, at this point last year we were uh, trumpeting the hire of Urban Meyer. That year anniversary just passed, so um, Shad made it past there. We Jacksonville doesn't have a new coach yet, but, again, I think it's saying something when you're, when you're getting those guys in front of you and you can have them in for a, a second interview and sit in the same room as them, not over Zoom. You don't want Byron Leftwich over Zoom on a second interview. You want to bring him here and, and sit down with him and talk to him. Nathaniel Hackett, I mean, I think if you're Shad Khan, you want as much in-person contact to read the manners and body language and everything. And Zoom's walled nice and you kind of break the ice. It's not, not what you want. No, it's not what you want. And it doesn't give a coach the – the best chance to really sell what he wants to do over Zoom. I mean, there's only so much you can do to really get a feel for a person and and, ex- and explain exactly what you're hoping to do. Now, it does sound like at some point I would expect Leftwich to get that second interview if he wants it, hack it to probably get a second interview, again, if he wants it, uh, to end up going down that road. Right now, Vegas is betting odds. Say Byron Leftwich is the favorite to get the job. Uh, some Jaguars fans excited about that, some not as much. Uh, it's definitely a... a uh, how much do you think Tom Brady is responsible for the Buccaneers' offense? And that's how people are deciding how they feel about Leftwich mm-hmm. right now. And, yeah, I think it's going to be just like when they drafted Byron. Um, people are going to like him here, and people are going to dislike him here. And my only knock against Byron is, has he done it for long enough? I, you know, I know you like to um, you know, have the analogy of get, the, get him before he's – hot and everybody wants him is you know that that is good and bad you know you're you're getting the next Sean McVay before he's Sean McVay um, but has Byron done enough I mean Tom Brady is is um, a good and a bad I think having having Tom Brady playing you know coaching him that's a that's a positive and a negative I think because I think Tom Brady can conceal a lot of flaws uh, as a quarterback I mean maybe the best quarterback in NFL history so um, I think we're in agreement as far as if you hire a green guy like Byron Leftwich, guy with upside um, who's going to be a head coach one day insulate him with as much talent as possible. You broke it down pretty good in a story on newsforjacks.com this week. If a, a potential Byron Leftwich hire um, and, and possible staff that he could select, I mean, there was a lot of experience um, for some of these coaching hires that he could install in Jacksonville. So I think if you do go Byron Leftwich, and I think that would be a solid hire, put some guys around him 
who have been there and done that. I mean, Byron's young. I mean, he is not a not a guy who's been uh, been doing this a long time. His coaching career is not that old. So uh, get some guys in there who've done it. And uh, we saw with Urban Meyer, him hiring um, guys that he liked, he knew, a lot of college guys. Um, NFL experience is what I want to see on this staff. NFL experience. You'd like to have some head coaching experience all over that staff. Uh, the one thing that I think Byron, like I, I've harped on, and I, I'm right there with you. You know, Tom Brady being on that offense is almost like a cheat code. Mm-hmm. Like I could probably call plays for Tom. It's Brady. like the Michael Vick when you're playing with him in Madden yeah. back in the day. You just knew, you couldn't stop him, but and that that can seal the bad team. That does. But you know, Byron did call plays for Jameis Winston that one season. And the season he did do it, they scored a ton of points. We're moving the ball down the field. The only problem was Jameis was throwing a lot of interceptions at the same time. Now, we have since seen that, you know, Jameis has reined in some of those interceptions under the tutelage of Sean Payton there in New and Orleans. And eye surgery. And, and, he and, had some and the eye surgery. And that surgery. did help. Uh, so, so, you know, you question maybe if it was the LASIK that he needed or if it's just a different coaching style. But, I mean, a young coach to roll in there and say, you know, okay, let's take Jameis Winston and these guys and turn them into a, a high-powered scoring offense. They did have wide receivers, and Jameis Winston was a highly touted quarterback. But... I mean, I think they did a, a relatively good job. It's a very aggressive offense mm-hmm. that Bruce Arians and Byron Leftwich run. It uh, pushes the ball down the field consistently. And part of that is you have to have either a veteran quarterback, a la Tom Brady, who knows when, where to take those shots and is very decisive when he does. Or you have a Jameis Winston who has all the arm talent in the world but used to be a little uh, – Free-flowing with where he'd take those shots and would it had no problem trusting that arm talent, maybe a little bit too much little at too times. Much. Yeah, a little too much. Um, so uh, Leftwich should get some a little bit more credit than, than we're necessarily giving him because he did do some good things with Jameis. It just so happened that Tom Brady fell in his lap. Um, <laughs> no complaints from Byron there. Yeah, yeah no, no complaints from him there. I, I do think that Leftwich can be a good coach for the Jaguars. Um, but I think the, the big thing for him is, would be surrounding himself with a great staff. It would have to be a great staff. That's why I really wanted to go through, and I was diving in that list and you know, coming up with guys like Mike Zimmer. And then Mike Zimmer crossed paths in Atlanta. Mike Zimmer just happens to be unemployed mm-hmm. and would make a great defensive coordinator. Uh, he also has head coaching experience. Freddie Kitchens, he could coach tight ends, running backs, quarterbacks. He only has one year of head coaching experience, but good head coaching experience. Heinz Ward just interviewed for the Texans' head coaching job. Don't think he's going to get it, but he interviewed for it, and it's never bad to have guys that are getting interviews because there are a lot of coaches that aren't getting interviewed. I I know your guy, Gerard Mayo, he's been picking up. You mentioned him even uh, probably a month ago, and he's starting to pick up that momentum. I think he's interviewed for two head coaching jobs already, so I know he's not that coordinator and he doesn't have that lot of experience, but again, a a bright young mind, he could – uh, be that uh, kind of a Byron Leftwich type of uh, candidate. Um, but, again, I go back to NFL experience. Mike Zimmer's got it, former head coach. Matt Nagy's out there. Um, I mean, there's, there are guys out there that are available. Um, I, I look at it like when, when Jacksonville, Dom Capers was available, a former defensive guy, head coach of the Panthers. And what did he do? He came back and, and worked in Jacksonville after he uh, left Carolina. So I think as much NFL pedigree and NFL mind, NFL experience you can put on a staff if you hire a Byron Leftwich kind of guy is, uh, is much needed um, to navigate him through, uh, through that growth process. You know, Urban Meyer said he went out and hired all this NFL experience. Well, he hired the wrong guys. Right. The wrong guys. Well, he didn't so, hire much NFL no. experience. It, it really, like, I mean, outside of what Bevel, Shoddy, 
I mean, they had have some guys that have NFL experience on that staff, but it wasn't real extensive. None of them were, you know, head coaches mm-hmm. at any point. There was not a single guy with head coaching experience on that staff besides Urban Meyer. And Joe, uh, you know, Joe Cullen didn't have that defensive coordinator experience. Exactly. He had up, been put, in the NFL, but w- never a coordinator. Yeah, so put, he's learning on the job. Put a yeah, he put a and. We're saying he put a good product on the field. He did the best with what he had, yes. and I think did a remarkable job. Probably the best coach on that staff this year yes. when you uh, when you look at it. So, um, but again, I think an experienced offensive and defensive mind. If you're hiring a guy like Byron Leftwich, is a necessity. Uh, that's key. That's key. Um, you know, there there are some other coaches. We'll see, and we'll see. like I said, I expect Nathaniel Hackett probably gets a second interview. I know. He kind of has a bad taste in some Jaguars fans' mouths from falling on his face a little bit that one year here. Um, not a, He wasn't exactly gifted a, a great offense to work with there. Like Bortles. Yeah, yeah you know, not, it, a, not a great uh, Jaguars offense at but, all. But he still has that same asterisk that people are giving Byron mm-hmm. Leftwich, working with Aaron Rodgers. How hard is it to work with to have a good offense when you have that at quarterback? Well, you know, the Jaguars have Trevor Lawrence, and if he ends up being what most people still expect him to be, then you're going to be saying that about the yep. you know, offensive right. coordinator that's working here, the head coach that's working here. So uh, really, you just want a guy who know, at least knows what greatness looks like and, know, and can go and say, all right, Trevor, this is what the great ones do, and this is why you should do it. And I, I think, you know, we, we undersell what that, that ability to say, look, I worked with Tom Brady, and this is Tom Brady's routine, Trevor, and this is what he did. There was a reason why... Drew Brees was coming in here, and they were trying to bring in Jimmy Johnsons and Lou Holtz and all these guys during training camp last year to talk to the team. Like Drew Brees came in, and he didn't talk to he talked to the team, but he also talked to Trevor Lawrence. Is okay. These are guys that are going to be in the Hall of Fame. What does your routine look like? And if as a coach, if you see a quarterback struggling, and you go to Trevor, and you're like, "All right, I see him throwing some interceptions." These guys have thrown interceptions, too. I've seen them do it, but this is how they respond to it, and this is what you need to think about doing. I think that resonates a little bit differently, especially when you're talking to a guy that's already there um, because you can say, oh, well, look, I have experience with this dude. This dude, this is the guy that you grew up watching play football. This is the guy that you know, you're like, unarguably one of the top in the league. I worked hand-in-hand with him. This is how he responds to these challenges. You Maybe you should try it. And, yeah, and the big thing now, we – Beat the beat a dead horse, but Trevor. I mean, it's his development, it's his progression. How does he bounce back from this year? I think he's going to be fine. Um, again, I just we've heard it throughout the year on social media, emails, uh, comments on stories. Trevor's a bust. Trevor's a bust. You know, t- drafted too high. Should have taken Mac Jones. Whatever um, came out of fans' mouths about it. Trevor is going to be a star, and we've got him in Jacksonville right now for four more years, um, provided they pick up his fifth-year option, and I would have done that after the night I drafted him because um, you know he's going to be that guy. Getting that coach who can unlock Trevor's potential and take him to that uh, Aaron Rodgers level is um, is what we need to have here. And uh, is Byron that guy? Is Hackett that guy? I think it will come out of those um, those four candidates. I think it'll be uh, Nathaniel Hackett, Byron Leftwich, maybe Doug Peterson is that fourth one, and Matt uh, Eberflus will be – I think it'll be one of those four guys who they end up hiring. Yeah, and it, it's interesting that Eberflus is the lone defensive coordinator in that four that you're kind of expecting, and I, I do think he'll probably be the only defensive-minded head coach that makes it. You know, I really wonder what he was able to say to Shad Khan to, say, to get – shot to say, you know what, I need to hear more about what this guy Mm -hmm. says. And I'm sure part of it is, you know, hey, I'm going to be able to bring you a very good offensive coordinator. I guarantee part of it is that. And, you know, when you start talking about 
who he's worked with or where his offensive coordinator would come from, it's probably going to come from that Andy Reid sort of tree, maybe a la a Matt Nagy, because those are the kinds of guys that he's worked with over the years. Mm-hmm. And that's – it may be – I mean, I, I don't I don't know if it's Eberflus, but, um, I mean, he's second interview, the first one to get the second interview. Um, but, I, again, I think that's a, um, a property of the other teams that are candidates still being yeah, in the playoffs. But um, – be interesting to see. I mean, if he's talking offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator types with Shad, maybe Shad bought into that a little bit. Uh, who knows? Maybe he brings that uh, the Matt Nagy type of guy there. And maybe so, and and maybe that's the selling point. We'll have to wait and see how it all kind of comes together. Plus, the Jaguars have uh, expected to have almost sixty-one million dollars in free agency to work with. So. I think anybody should be kind of excited to say, okay, well, I'll take this. I got a quarterback, and I got $61 million to spend. Number one pick in the draft. Number one pick in the yep. draft. You could do a lot worse. The only question is, uh, are the Jaguars going to keep around general manager Trent Bulky, or is there going to be another interview process that flows with that? Um, I guess Shad mentioned last year that he really wanted a coach-centric system, so it might all depend on who that head coach is and really what they want. You know, I think you take the the Billy Napier strategy at Florida. Um, for those who are not following what the Gators are doing, Billy Napier comes in and says, we're going to do this. We're going to have the best facilities. We're going to hire the most staff. We're going to do every – I mean, hit it out of the park, hiring everybody right and left, bringing it in. And I think the next hire in Jacksonville has to have that same mentality. I mean, I'm going to hire the best staff. We're going to revamp these facilities, you know, build on what Urban Meyer started um, and make this that destination spot. I mean, you mentioned the, the salary cap space. Number one pick in the draft, first pick in the second round. I mean, th- this situation in Jacksonville is just primed for somebody to come in here and blow the roof off the place. It is set up perfectly for that. Um, Shad, I mean, without all the Urban Meyer drama, would have probably held on to uh, Urban and let him build through the process. But he's been a very patient owner. Uh, the next candidate, the head coaching candidate who comes in is going to see that. And, I mean, the, the salary cap space, unbelievable. I get, the drawback, I guess, is that you're, you're handcuffed to Trent Baalke if Shad ends up keeping him. But it's a great situation. I don't know what candidates are thinking about Balky already being in place. It's usually a, a, a clean sweep. Um, so it would be interesting to see how that has affected any potential candidates or if he survives. I mean, if he survives a coaching hire. Well, you know, the one thing is that they were saying that Trent Balky was the one pushing for Bill O'Brien. So if O'Brien's out of the running, that's probably not a, a good sign for just how much pull Bulky has within the organization at the moment. There have been a lot of national reports that uh, the coaching candidates, some of them aren't interested in working with him. We'll have to see um, just how it all kind of comes together if he does end up sticking around with the team. I think we're looking at a, a very different kind of approach. I think Shad's plan is to make this essentially Urban 2.0. Mm-hmm. The same basic principle, I'm going to find my coach. Um, you know, For sake of conversation, we'll say it's Matt Eberflus or Byron Leftwich or whoever. Uh, he's going to find his coach and say, all right, what do you need around you? Because Urban did try to build out that yeah. staff similar to Napier. He just wasn't hiring the right people. Uh, but he's going to try and do that again, and part of that, I guess, for that head coach is going to be deciding, do they have a better option to suggest, which is part of the reason why when I put together that list for Byron Left, which I made sure to include Adrian Wilson, who is getting a, interviews as a general manager candidate for the New York Giants and some of the other teams that have openings, and the fact that him and Byron at least have worked together previously in their careers, so there is some sort of relationship there, uh, because 
it's gonna. I think it's gonna come down to that coach. Does Byron go in there and say, you know what? I don't want to work with Trent. I want to work with Adrian Wilson. Mm-hmm. I I trust him. We can build a winner together. Does Doug Peterson roll in there with a guy to, ready to throw out? Um, there's a guy in Indianapolis. Um, can't think of his name off the top of my head. That's one of the top top candidates for for general manager position. And maybe Eberflus comes in, tells Shot like, all right, look, Shot. I'll come here, but this is going to be my guy that we're going to build this together with. And if he can bring that guy that's expected, Dodds, uh, that, that's expected to be one of the top general manager candidates here, then Trent Baalke would be out in that case because Shad has talked very openly about wanting it to be this coach-centric model, which is a little bit different than what we've seen around the NFL, but it'll still... I guess it's still, it, it, at the end of the day, your general manager and your head coach have to work together. It doesn't matter if the general manager hires the head coach and they're on different pages, it still ain't going to work. Yeah. I like a guy like from the Cowboys, Will McClay. He's their director of pro, pro, uh, ah, player personnel, um, and he's had he put together some incredible draft classes. I mean, you look at a guy like that, a younger guy um, who could come in, be paired with a guy like a, a Leftwich or a Hackett, I mean, to me, I think that's more of an exciting uh, possibility than retaining bulky. I think, um, you know, if you're going to make this a a coach-centric association, again, like you did with Urban, uh, I mean, Er that's one of the good things that Urban did, I think, is come in and say, hey, we want to make this destination. We want to upgrade facilities. We want uh, strength and conditioning to be the focus of our players. We want to do, I mean, I think Urban did some good things um, in early in his tenure. So a guy to come in and build on that. And it, to me, it's it, it would be great for a clean sweep. Um, you start over with, a, you give a guy like Will McClay a promotion uh, to GM, pair him with a young coach and, uh, and let them work together and build. I, I, again, I think, I don't know how you can retain Trent Baalke. It's definitely going to be a tough sell, and I think as a shot really narrows the list, that has to be part of the conversation because some of these coaches, one of the things I kind of mentioned with Byron Leftwich is uh, if he's interviewing for that Chicago job, what if he gets an offer from both teams? Bulky probably is definitely a part of that, is an asterisk in that, that organization of when he starts making a selection. Does that coach that you want select your program? Because that's what it's going to come down to because you want to hire the top candidate, but so does every other team. Yep, so that's we'll, true. We'll have to see how it all shakes out. Hopefully uh, by our next News for Jags podcast, we'll have just a little bit more clarity on that full second interview list and maybe a little bit uh, a little bit even more than that on exactly where this thing is heading. But it sure does seem like Byron Leftwich has the most, uh, most speed ahead right now toward the finish line. We'll have to see if that's how it all shakes out. Uh, thanks for tuning in for another News for Jags podcast. We'll see you next time.